This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hello and welcome to the Stillness Everyday Podcast. My name is Herodotos and this podcast exists to help you find stillness in all aspects of your life, in finance, in health, in mindset and in your relationships. I created this business because I believe that if you can develop the ability to find stillness in your mind, you will learn to create harmony in all aspects of your life. Find us at Stillness Every Day on social media or stillnesseveryday.com. A lot of people ask me how they can get started with meditating. Now, my first experience with meditation was at a Vipassana retreat, which is 10 days in silence. But I understand this isn't practical for most people. That's why we created the Stillness Everyday Journal. This journal has a range of prompts, which allow you to not only create your day, but reflect on your day at the end of it. The journal also has a range of audible meditations, which are perfect for beginners. Check out stillnesseveryday.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Stillness Everyday podcast. Today, I don't have a guest with me. I'm going to be talking a bit about my life and how I manage projects, how I deal with emotional reaction to stress and how I just keep moving forward day to day with my life. One of the questions that's been asked to me is how year on year I manage to continue to create more and more things in my life. So whether it be construction or business, I tend to have between five or 10 projects on at any one time. And I I suppose to a lot of people, it would look like there would be a lot of stress to deal with. And it's probably not something that a lot of people are comfortable with. And I think once you develop your mind to start perceiving these hurdles, which would once create a lot of stress in your life as teachers for growth, then you can create ways to move through those obstacles a lot better. So I'll give you an example. I was renovating a house last year and before I start a project, I generally calculate the risk involved versus the reward to make sure that the reward will far exceed the risk that I'm going into so that I'm comfortable and I have a buffer because nothing ever goes to plan. So I'll give you an example. When I was renovating this house last year, I calculated the budget, the maximum budget that it could be to finish the project. There was a lot going on with um, supply issues with materials and all tradesmen were busy. So it was really hard to actually get it done. The budget started to blow out. And I don't think out of everything I was doing last year, nothing actually kept me up other than that renovation. And I think the reason was that I had put my father who I'd said, let's go 50-50 in this. I put his opinions on the project even though I was confident in it I put his opinions into my mind so as things started to not happen to plan I would get worried about how he would perceive that rather than being confident in what I'd already calculated and known that would be okay so let's say the budget was $200,000 and I was only at 100,000 I knew that I still had another 100,000 buffer but because and I wasn't going to go anywhere near that but it was almost as if I'd told my father that this was how much we were going to make and I fixated on that on that outcome and that's where you start to get stressed when you can't pivot and change direction knowing full well that you're still not going to lose money you're still going to make money but you fixated on the fact that you are going to make this exact dollar and it's all going to go to plan when you get so fixated on and attached to an idea that that is what's going to happen that's what creates the misery in your life so I think it's this ability to be able to trust in yourself whilst also being okay with what happens. 
because I I was attached to what I'd told my father that we were going to get out of the end of the project, I was keeping myself up at night. I remember there was like three or four times I woke up at midnight and I was, it never happens to me. I would never wake up stressed. And every single time I'd get up and I'd just get a piece of paper out and I would write down a huge list of everything that had to happen. And I would, you know, maybe I'd calculate some things. I would make sure that everything in my mind was out on the paper and I could see it and it was going to be okay. So when you, when you're in that situation, this is one, one thing I um, will recommend is just get everything out of your head onto paper. But what I realized is one, I wasn't, I wasn't planning enough for all these changes that were happening. So you just have to continually be updating your plan, updating your plan. And the other was that I was really attached to, you know, this dollar figure that I had told my father that we were going to make. So anyway, at the end of the project, what ended up happening is the value of the property actually ended up making more. So although although the budget had gone over a little bit, the value of the property went up in that same percentage anyway. So in the end, it didn't even matter. Where I'm going with this, you'll find that 90% of the things that you stress about are never going to eventuate. They're always just created in your head, but don't actually come to come to fruition so you waste a lot of time in your life worrying about things that will never happen so the the number one reason you shouldn't i believe that you shouldn't worry about things that might happen you want to be risk adverse you want to know what could happen but you never want to like fixate on that outcome because there is an infinite number of possibilities that will occur in your future like you can you could never possibly think about every option that's going to happen to you. So when you understand that there is an infinite number of possibilities that could happen on your timeline, you start to realize that there is no point fixating on any one of them because you're creating unnecessary stress for yourself. You couldn't possibly, even if you spent the rest of your life thinking of all the options that could happen on this one given situation, you would never be able to think of them all. So to be able to just, as Alan Watts says, drift like a cloud and flow like water, you're you're just moving through life as it happens, but you're, you're kind of, in a sense, you're creating your life, but then you're, you're not letting hurdles stop you. So as water kind of moves through a creek, it doesn't like stop when it comes up to a, a bunch of boulders. It just kind of moves around them. So you need to be able to change direction at all times. But once you kind of understand that there is no point fixating on one one option because you'll never be able to fixate on the other in the other million possibilities you start to just be okay with what path you're taking if that makes sense you're kind of you're comfortable in your direction and allows you to keep moving forward so when it rains it tends to pour so when one thing goes wrong on one of one project I tend to have you know two employees quit and then it's like there's no there's no problem that's bigger than the other one if that makes sense. So even if even the the thing that you thought was the worst possible situation will end up there'll be some light at the end of that tunnel that will make you look at it and go okay well that one wasn't even that bad that was actually the best thing that could have ever happened to me. And the more that you I think the more you move through these hurdles the more you realize that all of these hurdles are actually possibilities for growth and they they allow you to move forward quicker so i guess when i have heaps of different things on and heaps of different problems i'm actually just multiplying those possibilities quicker than your average person um, that would stop and kind of sit there and calculate all the risk of this before actually moving forward so 
I think the more you can develop confidence in yourself to move through them, the more you'll realize that you can move through all of them and continue to move through all of them and you'll just multiply your abundance in your life. Now, what this does is it starts to rewire your brand. So when, when things like this happen to me, that's why the one with that renovation was kind of strange last year because I don't, that doesn't generally happen to me. Like I don't, I wouldn't stay up at night. I wouldn't worry about things. So once you go through so many different hurdles and so many different stresses, you, have re, you start to rewire your brain not to react emotionally to these situations. And it's not that I don't get like upset or I don't feel like, oh, why'd that happen? And I don't get sad about it. Or it, But it's this ability to not react to those emotions and keep moving forward. So I don't sit there and dwell and get sad that I didn't choose the other option. I just go, okay, good, keep moving forward. And once you rewire your brain, things just start, it just starts happening without you having to consciously process. So your, your unconscious program of your mind is to just move forward rather than to just react in victim mentality. And you start to become grateful for all these things that happen to you because you understand that the growth that's coming from it far exceeds the worst possible outcome that you thought was going to happen. This is definitely something that I developed from using a journal, not the journal that we sell, but that's why the journal that we sell was created because the about the ability to sit down and write down your problems and write instead of writing down why you're upset that this didn't happen and why these things always happen to you and playing on the victim mindset, you actually pivot that and convert it into why you're grateful that this happened. So the more that you can start to perceive obstacles as your greatest teachers and the things that allow you to grow, the more grateful you are for everything that comes into your existence, into your world. So I would recommend that if you are new on this journey and you actually don't perceive the world like this, get a journal and just write three things that you think upset you today that you thought you should have chose the other option or you wish you did this instead of that. And instead of doing that, write what happened because of that and start to become grateful for that thing having happened to you. The more you can rewire your brain to just be grateful and appreciate life, the more content you'll be in your day to day. And you, you won't worry about doing those, that thing that you've always dreamed of doing that you just didn't think was possible because by just going after it, it doesn't really matter. You'll, you'll learn that it doesn't matter if it doesn't happen because you're at least trying. The journey is the, the exciting part. Like there's nothing like fundamentally great about achieving the outcome. Like we're, we're renovating this old, really old building and the building will be leased up, you know, hopefully in a few months. The lease building in and of itself isn't actually the exciting part. Like there's nothing, we're not going to sit around and, oh, I'm so great that this building's leased. It's the process of buying it, creating what it could be, actually renovating it, and then leasing it up. That's the journey part is the actual exciting part. So if you think that the destination's the great thing, well, that's the wrong way to live your life because there's nothing exciting about the project being finished and just looking at it, right? So I suppose this would be the same in business. Like a lot of people look at, I'm speaking on behalf of employees, but a lot of employees would look at a business owner and go, oh, it's so great for them. But they're looking at kind of all the glory of what they perceive a business owner is, like not having to work as much, yada, yada, yada. But the actual journey part, if you don't love the process of business, you could never actually have that other part because true entrepreneurship is loving the process of just, you know, working at 9 p.m. or getting up and just being excited about 
all the problems that you can that you get to deal with basically and it isn't exciting for a lot of people let's say you're studying to be um, an architect or you're studying to learn about architecture the actual process of learning how to design a building and why different buildings you know feel the way they do or how they relate to the community or how they can change your emotions when you enter them from space to space different heights etc the learning of it and the creating of those buildings is the exciting part. So it's the process of what you're doing that you need to focus on and be content with, which is the 99% of the entire thing. So when you, when you understand this, you, you learn that that's, it's your mindset around everything that you need to change. It's nothing else because your external reality is a direct reflection from what's internally happening. So if you can be content and fulfilled and happy internally and what you're doing it doesn't matter what happens to you you're going to enjoy it so another example would be i know i've actually seen this quite a lot and it's when people start out a new job and something that i tend to do which doesn't really sit well with a lot of people but it's how i learned so it's kind of i suppose i learned that way so i just pass on that method of um, learning as well but as you've listened to the rest of this you can kind of understand why I do this but being thrown in the deep end I believe is one of the best ways to learn if you believe in yourself to actually learn what it is that you have to learn to for that job so I think when you can I think when you're starting a job the best thing you can do is go into it with the mindset of what would it take for me to learn this the quickest possible way basically and let's say you're starting to work for a marketing agency and you've never You've never picked up a camera before, but you're super passionate about video and you really, you really want this job. You really just want to learn how to be a great film editor and film maker. And what I would go into it is go into the, go in with the mindset of, I actually know nothing. You do know nothing, but go into it with, I have no idea what I'm doing. And every single question that you could possibly ask that comes up in your head, just ask it. Like there's no stupid questions because I think people they fear being shit at things. And that's the problem. Like I have been building for, I don't know, maybe five years. And prior to that, I've been around it for a long time because my father was in the industry. I will give the other person the benefit of the doubt that they know more than me just so I can try and learn. I learn their perspective first. I won't just trust them blindly, but I'll, I'll listen to them and I'll, I'll try and understand what, they're, what it is they're trying to teach or what they're trying to say before I have my opinion. And I think that's what there's, there's this kind of ego where it's like in, it's a good example is in jujitsu. Like if you're a, if you're a white belt and you're trying to prove yourself against a black belt, it's like, we know that you're 10, 15 years behind the black belt and they also know, and they know you're a beginner. So why are you trying to prove you're a black belt? It's like, you should humble yourself enough to be able to ask the, ask the right questions to learn from this person rather than rather than covering up the fact that you don't know it. So I would, if I was taking going onto a new job, know that that employee knows that you aren't good because you've had an interview and you've told them, you know, maybe you've told them you've ascended the truth a little bit and you've told them that you've had, you know, a little bit of experience, but you're not great. So they know you're probably not great because you've just started. And you just need to have the discipline to go home and after what you've learned, learn more. And rather than just packing it up and it's your nine to five, you go home, you don't think about it. Go home and practice. Next day, come in. And just the quicker you can go through all the questions that you have with your employer and 
then learn. Within like two, three weeks, you'll have learnt so much more than if you tried to pretend you knew what you were doing for the month and then tried to figure it out. So ask the stupid questions so that they're out of your head and you can move forward to pretend that you pretend you know nothing. Even if you know it, just keep trying to learn, learn, learn. And I think if you have the mindset of I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to be great and I don't care if anyone knows that I'm shit right now because in six months I'm going to be great, you will be amazed at how quickly you can move through a company or move up or get pay rises or don't be worried about not being good that first day. I do employ people that know nothing over people that know things in some situations because their their mindset's better. They will learn quicker and then they will be, you know, the mindset of the individual is far more important than what they actually know at that moment, I believe anyway. Given everything that I've said, obviously, when you're facing these kind of situations, you are going to have a lot of internal dialogue with yourself. You're going to have uncomfortable emotions that are going to come up because your ego is getting destroyed all the time because you are humbling yourself to being not good at what you're doing. So what I do, having done Vipassana meditation for about 10 years and learnt these techniques, I strongly recommend that you, when you feel these feelings arise, like you're being attacked or like you're not worthy enough, is you just shut your eyes and feel into that sensation on your body. So if you can give yourself just 60 seconds to just shut your eyes, feel there might be, you know, pain here you might have a feeling in your stomach maybe the back of your head and you just just observe that sensation what you'll notice is it will just dissipate like maybe you're having thoughts of i'm so useless i'm not good enough and you know they're gonna fire me blah 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 if you can just be with those just observe them be like the silent observer of these negative thoughts but also just feel those sensations that are rising in your body you'll notice that within a minute to five minutes they'll just dissipate and the less you feed them. So the the point of observing a sensation is it'll take your mind off the thoughts. What perpetuates these sensations and what perpetuates the feeling of, you know, inadequacy is the thoughts that you keep feeding. So when you keep saying, I'm not good enough and, you know, I should have done this instead and all of those negative self-talk, that's what keeps you feeling internally shit so when you can feel those emotions rather than feed the thoughts you'll notice that they all dissipate because you're not reacting to you're not reacting to any of it you're just being okay with what happens which externally is exactly what we were talking about earlier where when something comes up you're okay with whatever happens to you in this situation so fix the internal world and the external world will become so much easier that is probably my number one tip is to learn how to feel into those emotions and observe, be the silent observer of why this is coming up because you'll learn a lot about yourself. So my my final kind of bit of advice, which I take on, so take it or leave it, it may or may not help you, but I believe it is integral to be obnoxiously optimistic about everything in in your life. So some people would say that being a realist is Um, more important I would agree that it is important to be a realist so you understand the risk that's involved but you never want to be a pessimist you be a realist to understand that okay this could happen and I need to make sure that I'm protected for that happening but I don't even want to think really too long about that as long as I'm safe like I haven't impacted my life my family's life those around me financially let's say in an investment because I know that okay if that happens well at least I will still be okay. 
then I want to reach for the stars. Like I want to, what's, what else is possible in this situation? How can I make this the greatest thing ever? Because then you're opening up this possibility of so many different great things that could feed into what you, what you once thought was this big is now infinite. So when you go, when you're dreaming, when you're trying to create that life that you want, dream the biggest you could possibly dream and just keep, you know, how could, how could I 10x this? How could I 100x what I thought was possible in my life? And obviously then calculate, you know, the, the things that might go wrong, the things that, um, you know, you need to pay your bills, et cetera, et cetera, so you're not on the street. Make sure you're comfortable and then just dream ridiculously big and keep asking yourself what else is possible and how can I make this happen? How could I create this abundance in my life? First tip we've got was to learn how to control your internal dialogue through self-observation of sensations on your body and just being the silent observer of this negative self-talk. The second is to start a journal practice where you can see the obstacles and write down what you're grateful for them having happened. So then you learn to rewire your brain to only be grateful for everything that happens in your life. And the third is to just, yeah, be obnoxiously optimistic about everything so you can create abundance for yourself and everyone around you. I hope these three tips that I use in my day-to-day life help you create more stillness in your everyday life as well. 